I remember um, I had like maybe a mile to go and I, I tried to run, but it was fake run because all the people are around. So it's like I wanted to, you know, come in strong, finish strong. Um, and I wanted to look good at the finish line. So every time I saw a camera, I smiled, even though I was like hurting so bad, I wanted to cry. But I, I smiled, at least my pictures, actually, they did turn out pretty well. <laughs> so I made it to the finish line by the grace of God, but that ankle bothered me significantly during a race. But I thank God that I, I made it. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect, how obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 25. Today, I'm going to talk about a very common injury, ankle sprains. As reported in the Journal of Clinical Family Practice, sprained ankles have been estimated to represent 30% of injuries seen in the sports medicine clinic and are the most frequently seen musculoskeletal injury in primary care practices. Also reported in the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery, more than 23,000 people per day in the United States, athletes and non-athletes, require medical attention for ankle sprains. Stated another way, the incidence has been estimated to be one case per 1,000 persons per day. So what I'm basically saying is it's a very common injury. Just want to talk briefly about the anatomy of the ankle. We won't get too complex, but the ankle joint is made of talus, tibia, and the fibula. The talus is the bottom, and it's in the foot, so it makes up the bottom of the joint. The end of the tibia, which is a bone in your leg, makes up the top of the joint, and the fibula makes up the side or the lateral aspect of the joint. So the talus, the bone on the bottom, is wider in the front, so when the ankle is dorsiflex, and when I say dorsiflex, if you move your ankle, you move it up, like you point your feet toward the ceiling, that is dorsiflexion. If you point your toes down, like you're trying to walk on your tips toes, that is plantar flexion. So the ankle is more stable when your foot is in dorsiflexion, as in your feet are pointed toward the ceiling because it is wider in the front so if you dorsiflex, it's in a more stable position. So if you turn your ankle, you're less likely to do significant damage versus in plantar flexion where most injuries occur. If you think about most of the time, people who sprain their ankle, they step in a pothole, they step off a curve. Your foot is pointed down in a plantar flex position. So it's more vulnerable to injuries. Also of note, you have bone and you have ligaments that stabilize the joint. You also have muscles that stabilize your joint. Two particular muscles are the perineal, longus, and brevis. And they are the primary 
muscle stabilizers of the joint. And they protect primarily against inversion, which is if you turn your foot in, inversion. And that is another common mechanism or common way people sprain their ankle. So there are three types of ankle sprains. And I just mentioned one, the inversion ankle sprain. 90% of people who sustain an ankle sprain have an inversion injury. The foot turns in and you put stress on the lateral or the outside aspect of your ankle. The anterior talofibular ligament and the calcaneal fibular ligaments are the ligaments that are involved. The second type of ankle sprain is the eversion ankle sprain. So the foot is turned outward and you injure the deltoid ligament, which is a ligament on the inside of your ankle. This accounts for 10% of all injuries. It's less common as the deltoid ligament is significantly more stronger than the outside ligaments. Then there's the high ankle sprain, another common injury. If you watch football or other professional sports, you will hear this mentioned a lot as an athlete sustained a high ankle sprain. This injury happens when the foot or lower leg twists outward due to force. And the syndesmosis ligaments are ligaments that connect the tibia to the fibula, the two bones in the leg. Remember, they're the top part of the ankle joint. High ankle sprains are more significant and take longer to heal than an inversion and an eversion ankle sprain. We grade ankle sprains one, two, or three. So grade one is stretching or slight tearing of the ligaments with mild tenderness, swelling, and stiffness. The ankle feels stable and people are usually able to walk with a minimal amount of pain. Grade two ankle sprains is more severe, but incomplete tear with moderate pain, swelling, and bruising. It is somewhat stable the damaged areas are tender to touch and walking is painful, but people are usually able to walk. Grade three is a complete tear of the affected ligaments with severe swelling and bruising. The ankle is unstable and walking is usually not possible due to pain in the ankle being unstable. Treatment is based on the grade of ankle sprain and the type as well. Inversion and eversion are treated similar. High ankle sprains are more severe, so the treatment is uh, more prolonged. So grade one, use rice. Rest, ice, compression, and elevation. Ice should be applied immediately to help keep swelling down. 20 to 30 minutes. You can do it every hour, but 20 minutes on, 40 minutes off. And make sure you don't put ice directly on your skin because um, I've known people to get frostbite. So be careful, particularly if the patient is elderly. The ankle should be elevated. And when I mention elevation, I mean above your heart to get the most benefit for at least the first two days. It really helps with the swelling. Rest and try not to walk if it's possible. Compression, dressing, and wrap to immobilize and support the ankle are beneficial. For grade two, again, utilize the rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation. 
but these take a little bit longer to heal because they're more substantial. And a mobilization device or splint may be used. I typically hate the uh, gel stirrup ankle braces because they're uncomfortable and they don't fit in shoes. I prefer, if you're going to use a brace, to use ankle lace-up brace or one of the neoprene brace or an ace bandage is fine as well. Grade 3. Permanent instability can occur with grade 3 sprain. A cast or a walker boot may be recommended for a few weeks. Anti-inflammatory drugs such as ibuprofen can be used to control pain and inflammation. Surgery may be considered for elite athletes. So I always recommend x-rays of the foot and ankle to evaluate on initial appearance because there may be a fracture. Also, in cases of high ankle sprain, x-rays will reveal a complete tear with signs of instability. Without getting too technical, there are key signs that the syndesmosis is completely disrupted and the ankle is unstable. So it's important to get x-rays. And also, you may need stress views because the x-ray could look fine, but there's still some instability present that may need to be further investigated. And for syndesmosis injuries, there is a complete disruption of the syndesmosis, even though there is not a obvious fracture, surgery is recommended with a screw or a tightrope. If anyone follows college football, Tua Tango which is the now quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, suffered a high ankle sprain and underwent surgery with a tightrope. I'm just going to tell you about my history with ankle sprains. I've had numerous ankle sprains. And they were challenging because I'm not the best patient. Anyone who personally knows me knows that it's hard for me to sit down. So in the times, a couple of times I had ankle sprains, I had races coming up. So it was really challenging. Season two I will start a new series called Ask the Doc. If you have questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, please send me a voicemail. Go to my website at www.weouilove.com. Click on the tab Voicemail. Leave your voicemail and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now, back to the episode. So my first ankle sprain, I remember it so vividly. I was running with one of my um, team members of United Nations, Tim. We were running early one Friday morning, and it had been raining, and there were a lot of leaves on the path. And I was trying to keep up with him because he runs faster than me. So I slept and I sprained my ankle. And I remember, oh, my God, I'm going to be out. I can't run. That was the first thing I thought about. Oh, my God, I can't. I'm not going to be able to run. So I was sad about that because running had become such an integral part of my life at that time. So and I was sad because I was injured. And just to think that that was a small injury compared to the other injuries that I have gone through over the years. So my second ankle sprain 
was when I tripped on a curve. And it swole immediately. One reason I hate running on sidewalks is either the curves or it's either the uneven of the surfaces. And so I'm so in, I get in this zone. Sometimes I actually zone out. So I'm thinking about running or I'm thinking about something else. And I twist my ankle. So I was out for two weeks, but I did things that I mentioned above. I iced immediately. I have three or four ice packs and I got one, I think, on Amazon. The rest I just get at Walgreens. And I actually have had in the past some that you can use for ice or heat. When I have other injuries, you put in the microwave for heat or you can put in the freezer. And if you don't have ice pack, another technique is to use frozen vegetables, put in the freezer. And again, make sure you put something between your ice pack or if you use a bag of frozen vegetables between your skin. I put a sock on and I'll put the ice pack and then I'll use ACE to provide some compression. And then I'll lay on the couch and I'll put my foot on the back rest. And that is above my heart. And I'll just kind of relax and catch up on Netflix or what, whatever, at least for the first couple of days. So my third ankle sprain was significant. And I blame the city of Chicago. So I was running. I had 20 miles on the schedule. This was right before I ran the um, New York Marathon. And I think I was maybe six to eight miles in. So I was running. I had headphones. My foot hit a pothole and I went down. I screamed. And my phone went one place. And the first thing I did is anyone knows or who's like have a Garmin or a device that tracks your mouse, I made sure I stopped my Garmin. I was looking around because I didn't know where my phone went. And people thought I may have hit my head or something. I had a concussion and was confused. I said, I'm fine. I'm just looking for my phone. But I sprained my ankle, but it really didn't bother me at that time. And I, and I also had some labradings on my hand, which hurt more than my ankle. So I finished my run and it didn't really bother me the rest of, like I said, the rest of that day. But I had swim class that evening and it started bothering me when I went to the pool to swim and it swole up when I got home that evening. But the bad part, which I mentioned a little bit before, this was two weeks before New York Marathon. And I had to defer the year before because I was injured. So I was like, I'm running this marathon. And I did it for charity. So my mother uh, passed away with breast cancer. And my father passed away with lung cancer. So I raised money for determination. And I was so proud because New York had a significantly higher fundraising amount than Chicago Marathon, but I was able to raise those funds. And my goal is to do one day all the major marathons in New York was on my list. So it's New York, Chicago, Boston, Tokyo, Berlin, London. So I had already done Berlin, Chicago, and Boston. You have to qualify for or raise a lot of money. So it's on my list because I want to qualify one day. 
and London and Tokyo are difficult to get into because they have a lottery. Berlin, when I ran it, it was before the lottery process. So um, I was able to get in. And that race is amazing, as a side note. But I was determined I was going to run this New York marathon. So I did the rice, ice, compression, elevation. I also, um, I have compression socks. So I wore them to work. And when I wasn't at work, I was on my couch with my feet up. So I did okay with the compression socks. And I I decided I was going to wear them during the race. So the race started out wonderful. New York is significantly hilly. It's a really hard course. I started cramping around mile 14, but my ankles were fine. I was just cramping. So I did a lot of walking initially. When I got around mile 16 or 18, my ankles, they started throbbing and it was both of them. I felt like I had tourniquets on my feet. It hurt so bad. I just wanted to scream. I literally may have screamed a few times. So I walked the best I could, but I was like toward the end around 18. It got progressively worse. When it first started around 18, it wasn't that bad, but around mile 24, 25, when I was like toward the end, it was excruciating. But the crowd support gave me injury because New York's crowd support is like no other. It's awesome. It is so awesome. I remember um, I had like maybe a mile to go and I I tried to run, but it was fake run because all the people are around. So it's like I wanted to, you know, come in strong, finish strong. Um, And I wanted to look good at the finish line. So every time I saw a camera, I smiled, even though I was like hurting so bad. I wanted to cry. But I I smile, at least my pictures, actually, they did turn out pretty well. (laughs) So I made it to the finish line by the grace of God. But that ankle bothered me significantly during the race. But I thank God that I, I made it. November 5th, 2017, my third world major. I was so happy. I cried because due to injuries, because I had knee surgery in 2013, and then I was able to do two marathons in 14, but it had been over three years since my last marathon. So I was happy that I was able to do another marathon because my favorite distance actually is a 10-miler. Half marathons fun and a little challenging but the ultimate challenge is a marathon I can't say that I love that distance but I love the challenge and out of my nine marathons none of them have gone according to plan my first marathon I had iliotibial friction band syndrome it started around mile 14 it was excruciating pain and I started crying and would have stopped, but I couldn't find anyone, so I kept walking and figured out a way to walk fast enough to finish within the time cutoff. So, and my second marathon was fine. My third marathon was fine, but it wasn't perfect. I started having problems with my iliotibial 
fan. It wasn't excruciating, but I didn't finish in the pace I wanted. Another marathon, the Berlin, I was supposed to run the first year, but I was injured. I had already paid for the trip, so I just made it a vacation, went to Berlin, then went to Prague. It was a sightseeing trip, and we had a great time. So the following year, I just ran the race and came back home. That was in 2014. So, and when I, the last time I did Chicago, which was in 2014, I had significant plantar fasciitis. I remember after the race where they offered massage and the person touched my foot and I almost came off the table. So I was struggling with various injuries and I never have a negative split, meaning that I'm supposed to start a race slow and controlled. And a lot of people start off really fast. They get the crowd support. They get excited. So it starts too fast and toward the end, slow down. So you're supposed to start off nice, controlled, slow. And then at the end, pick up the speed. So you have what's called a negative split. And I never had a negative split. I never had a perfect marathon where, like, nothing hurts. And I don't know if anyone has. Even my last Chicago Marathon minus my plantar fasciitis. I still had problems with iliotibial friction band syndrome. I remember almost crying, and this another eraser saw me, and I was running. I did a fundraiser for Susan Jacoman. So my mother passed away with breast cancer, and she saw my sign because I wrote, I run for May Robinson Brown, my mother, and she said, Keep going, keep going, do it for. Miss May Robinson Brown. So that gave me motivation, although it started, although I started to cry for a moment, but it did motivate me. So I've never had a perfect marathon, so I keep doing them. And my goal again is to finish the um, six majors. I know other people have goals, such 50 states, either the half marathon or the marathon. And I don't want to run 50 marathons. And there's nothing wrong if you want to. Be happy to do my six and then do certain marathons every now and then. So my last significant ankle sprain injury was Grand Rapids Triathlon. This was a um, half Ironman distance race. And it poured raining on the bike. Poured. Poured. And I had just got my tri bike. So it was very uh, interesting breaking in of my bike, OG. I, have, I named my bike, and it's called OG. So I finished the bike, and I started the run. I was in a hurry. I flew out of transition. There's a time cutoff, and I did not want to have a um, DNF or do not finish. There were puddles throughout the course, and I stepped in a pothole, which had a puddle, and I sprained my ankle about two miles into the run, which was uh, 13.1 miles. So I screamed, screamed. And one of the other racers yelled at me, keep going, keep going, don't let the pain set in, keep going, keep going. So that's what I did. And actually, the pain <laughs> wasn't that bad. Even when I finished, it wasn't that bad. So. I was able to finish the race. 
those were my significant ankle sprains. And I also mentioned some of my other injuries. I've had a plethora. But in life, there's a risk-benefit analysis. So I always used to tell my friends who always say, running is bad for your knees. Running is bad for you because you have all these injuries. I tell them I'd rather have injuries. Or even if I get knee osteoarthritis, although running has been shown in studies not to increase the incidence of osteoarthritis. I know people who can replace my knees. I would rather have a knee replacement in my old age than to have a stroke, bypass surgery, or any other procedures related to the complications of chronic medical conditions, which are usually caused by a sedentary lifestyle. So I'll take my chances and I'll keep running. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email runitischeaperthantherapy, O-L-B, Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's runitischeaperthantherapy, Omaha Love Brown, at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love. Oh, you are life. Oh, you are love. Thank you, and please tune in again.